Welcome back to a fireside chat. Thank you, Sylvia, for joining us. And uh, would you like to start off by just giving us a little bit of background? Where are you coming from these days? Well, thanks, Kyle. Um, I'm Sylvia Sintron, Marketing Director of Kenco, and I'm originally from San Juan, Puerto Rico. I do consider myself a Chattarican, Kyle. I've been in, in, I've been in Chattanooga quite more than a decade, so I just feel like I'm more of a Chattarican than a Puerto Rican now. There you go. Yeah, Chattanooga is unique. It's becoming more of a transplant type of city now. Myself, I'm not a local of Chattanooga either. I came here for a job, so it, it's starting to, to be like that. And after quarantine, I think I read an article that Zillow announced that Chattanooga was one of the fastest growing cities in the United States, which is Well, with awesome. the expansion of new industries and being such a technology-driven city, that mm -hmm. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. No, not at all. Well, thank you for joining us. I think this is going to be a really interesting uh, conversation, mainly just because of your background in the, the business to consumer uh, type of marketing platform. And, and so that's really going to be the focus for today. Um, and so to, to begin on that, being that you come from outside of the transportation industry, what did you notice that has from your previous experiences that have really helped you thrive and help Kenco push their messaging to to um, to who they're trying to to bring on? Um, most definitely digital marketing expansion and innovation. I do see that as a white space in our industry and hand in hand with the digital transformation goes content strategy and curation. So if you think about purchasing, purchasing patterns of behavior, 94% of every buyer in our space does research online. So you need to be sure that you have the correct content out there that would be consumed not only by that individual that is going to be purchasing or making the decision um, of your service, but also that is curated in a way that would bring the best practices to the game of the channel or syndication vehicle that you're utilizing. How is Google going to consume it to give you good rankings? How you're going to be able to utilize that content in an attractive email with a strong call to action? If you're going to have someone in a workflow, how does that journey from the content perspective walks that prospect from all of the stages in the buyer journey from the awareness and the education to the purchasing standpoint. I think that the digital um, space is an area that logistics organizations need to become more innovative and get it a bit more modernized. Um, I was reading a research the other day and 47% of buyers in the space research um, organizations and consume three to five different content categories before they make a decision to even contact a salesperson, Kyle. So not even before they make the decision, before even agreeing of contacting a salesperson in our space, three to five different content types. And we're talking blogs, you're talking emails, you're talking different iterations of social media platforms depending on that buyer profile, right? So you're gonna be, um, prospecting in the fulfillment space. That is a complete different niche. And you need to be very savvy in the utilization of that content. 
No, that's that's awesome. And and to that point that people are doing a lot of research, mm -hmm. buyers are more educated. There's a, a lot more opportunity to find information given the digital world we live in. That also sets up marketing uh, directors and people who play in marketing for a lot of opportunity to figure out where their buyers are. So what kind of strategies do, does Kenco play in to try to find where their buyers are gonna be kind of hanging out or aggregating together? Kyle, that's a great question. And I'll tell you that each different service or offering would have a buyers in different stages of their journey. So you're gonna have a specific business or category that you need to really hyper-focus in the awareness stage. While you probably could have a stronger footprint in another proposition that you just need to be sure that you're in marketing into that intent area or stage in the journey. So it's an alignment of understanding the knowledge that there is of your offerings in the space, identifying how to talk to that specific prospect in a way that they're going to be identifying a problem, looking for solutions, educating, or already looking into what other offerings could be there for the expansion of their services. So it's the messaging and then also that vehicle that will be consuming that stage. Because if you're in the awareness stage, when you're, when you're just researching that top funnel, that will be your Googles, that will be your white papers, that will be your testimonials. And as that person matures in the journey, then becoming more intentional with the messaging and the channel of consumption. Right. No, that's that's spot on. It seems like data is all around us and in companies like Google and Facebook and uh, really it's anything that you put your time and energy and your own information into. A lot of companies have access to that information, which puts the user up sometimes. I always feel a little weird about when I'm on Facebook and all of a sudden I see an ad come through because I was talking to someone it feels like, but maybe I Google searched it. Um, and it always feels like that what I'm looking for, someone's talking or heard me uh, talk about it. And, and so that's, that's interesting you say that. And, and to take it one step further from now you have that information, now you have kind of where your buyers are, how do you collaborate with those white pages and with the, your sales team to try to make a messaging that's not, I hate to call it super marketing, um, but you know sometimes marketing gets a bad rep for being like so clean. But how do you kind of play with that dynamic of being, this is the message we want to get out, but we also want it to feel authentic? Yes, that's, that's, that's a, a very difficult task being in our space because we need to be sure that that content is human. You know, we're talking about how the B2B space emulates the B2C space or inversely. So think about the fact that we are data-driven organizations. We are always working towards optimi optimizing spaces. So we have data, you have languages from engineering, you have Lean Six Sigma, but how are you gonna translate them to be consumable and understood by the audience? And it's taking that step um, and understanding there's an individual making that decision. So it's a human to human interaction and age to age. And that being the case, the messaging needs to be compelling and it needs to be emotional, not a school book. We in this space tend to be rather um, technical, but it is how do we take this technicality 
and bring it into a language of consumption that could be understood. And then again, you have different levels of consumption of the content. You could have a person in the awareness stage that is a gatekeeper, or you could have someone in the awareness stage that is an engineer. And when you map the job title, the function with the content, you're going to be able to align this stage of the buyer's journey, the messaging, and the complexity that you need to have from a technical and a human perspective. Right, and and so that that's it's very interesting. So how do you play with the messaging for say like your traditional type advertisement that you'd put on Google or you'd put on uh, somewhere where it's kind of more formal versus some of these places where consumers really live, which is the social media platforms, the Facebooks, the Instagram. How do you play with the messaging on on each one to make sure that you're having the most impact? So for example, then again, going through the buyer's journey and understanding the humanity behind this, um, think about when you Google something or when you search, you already have an idea, you already have an intent, and you already have a clue. So that's a secondary channel. Um, I always laugh because I, I, I say people don't put their fingers in their keyboards and close their eyes and Google for a term. You need to actually have a journey and expose that term to the user that is gonna be researching it. And then through Google, now we're becoming very conversationalist. You, you, you actually search the same way that you speak. So we need to be sure that in that, in that area, we are either very conversationalist because it could be the first stage or highly educational because those are the two actually um, areas of the target that you're gonna find through, through um, a search. From a social media perspective, you need to identify what platform you're using to be sure that you're storytelling, you're engaging. But if I'm talking in LinkedIn about something that is cultural, the audience in LinkedIn is going to be expecting a specific level and a type of communication that is unique to them versus the Facebooks that are, this is what I'm doing right now versus you know the Instagrams, this is how I look. You need to be sure that you're mapping all of that data to tell one single story, but you tell it in the correct, um, I wanna say matter or tone that will be consumed or um, yeah, consumed in that specific outlet or vehicle. Yeah, no, exactly. Almost like simplifying your messaging because because I feel like, and I could be completely wrong and so sales bias, which I, I am a little, a little bit to an extent, but um, I feel like when you go from, I say, posting on LinkedIn or having your, your messaging that you have going on in a more business platform, you do hit more technical terms, which mm -hmm. to your point earlier, this is a very technical industry and, and everyone always uh, feels like they, they either need to prove that they know what they know. Um, whereas on some of these social media platforms, maybe you, you simplify a little bit, not hit every buzzword or hit every, um, you know, uh, I would say any keyword. Yeah, any keyword that you have where this messaging could be a little bit more open because maybe a buyer it doesn't really know what they don't know and it could be a good fit. And to your point, that's you have this medias that are utilized like a teaser, right? For for the prospect to engage, click and then go into your website, go into a specific landing page or a piece of marketing material that would be expanding the thought leadership 
and expanding the footprint of your organization. That's why the message needs to be storytelling to be sure that you walk that person towards the intention of that correspondence. And if the intention is to learn more, you send them to your website. If the intention is for them to download a piece of content, be sure that they go into a specific landing page where they're downloadable. Let's click to the goal. You wanna be sure that it's accessible, it is walking the person through, and it is clear. No, that's that's awesome. So that that's right, right there. It's probably the best headline you could probably write is just let's click to the goal. And so for people who maybe have a more business, like they, they're used to marketing to this type of business, if you know, it's a, they ship over, they have over a hundred million in freight spend, they, they, their product is X and, and it fits exactly with what Kenco is doing. How do you take it to that one step further to the, to the consumer? Because that, that's kind of what this main topic is, is taking that business to business mentality that we're in, we do sell your products to other businesses, but then identify it to the buyer, to that person or the decision maker that you have on the other end. Then again, storytelling and being human. Mm. So think about the fact that we touch every single thing in life as being in the supply chain. So this pen had to be in a warehouse that was, you know, the, the box was moved by material handling equipment it had to be probably sold online, so we need a fulfillment. So think about our industry as supply chain, we touch everything, but we also impact that end consumer. And it's telling the story from an emotional perspective about when you partner with an organization, what happens to you in that journey, as at the end of the day, is gonna be customer satisfaction specifically in the fulfillment space. So how do, we, how do you know and understand what the end of user is gonna have so you can optimize the services to the organization that you're serving to be sure that they're fulfilling to that customer in the way that is expected or in a way that is going to be actually more aggressive and better served than any other competitor that is using a competitor. Gotcha. No, yeah, that's that's definitely helpful. And, and so when you were back when you were working as a in a B2C type space, what was some of the first things that you learned that was like kind of aha moments that maybe people who've never worked in that space that do B2B would would love to have kind of some advice on this may be out of left field, but <laughs> well, first of all, think about that marketing has transformed itself from an art to a science. And sometimes you are talking right now about investing more resource and budget into specific areas. In our space, when you're doing a digital marketing campaign, you have access to the data and you're able to make changes and optimize it in real time. So the visibility is there. The people have, tend to have this misconception, for me to grow the market, I need to grow this, the, the spend. And yes, you need to increase the footprint and there's, there's gonna be channels that you're gonna be investing. But the number one thing that you need to look at are the opportunities that you have at hand. What can you do to optimize and make it better and then learn? Um, we were talking about messaging per buyer profile by stage in the journey. Think about that there's messaging specific that is going to be utilized or consumed differently by the buyers of that specific offering in a specific stage of the buyer's journey in the specific channel. So it's understanding all of those things through the consumption of the data. 
and optimizing it. Um, a warehouse in uh, 2020 grew the new business by 30% just by changing the content strategy. They didn't invest anything else, they grew 30%. And the same, there was a 3PL, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you the miracle, I'm not gonna tell you the, the saint. Um, there is a 3PL 2020 grew 98 more customers year over year just by changing the content strategy. And I also think that when you talk about content, think about the look and feel and the design of the content that is going to be housed. So we talked about so much information in our space, um, highly technical, data-driven, and then we tend to display it in a very square, lineal, masculine design layout. Guess what, Kyle? We move things around. We're supply chain. Data, when data moves, data seems fluid. So why don't you intentionally, as you are compelling or trying to be compelling with that story, create a design and a layout that embraces that movement and fluidity that we bring to the space? Yeah, no, and in doing that, I'm sure we'll capture more audience and allow a more collaborative type of lead to come in because it just, it does feel collaborative or it does feel open instead of as rigid in, in a box as we kind of described it. And, and secondarily, being able to kind of switch on a dime. I mean, we're, I think we're all thinking that whenever, you know, COVID is, is done, unfortunately we're in that life. I don't see it really ending anytime soon. And so being able to switch on a dime, I think is also extremely impactful. And it'll probably be kind of our last question. I know we only have a couple minutes left, um, but how did you switch some of your strategy going through COVID? And then how do you prepare for something that is unpreparable? Well, you need to be able to adapt. You need to be able to sustain and you need to be able to scale. So you need to be able to adapt. We already had our content strategy, COVID started. So switching in real time and listening and being predictive. So you need to be adaptive. You need to be able to sustain because you need to be able to continue to engage as you're adapting your strategies, but you need to be able as well to expand because you know when something as disrupted as COVID happened, you had people consuming more um, data than before. So you needed to adapt and sustain. So you needed to adapt your channels and your buying from a, from a marketing perspective and planning to invest both the time and the resources in the areas where your buyer was spending more time. And then you needed to expand and be able to fulfill to the consumption of that content that brings the, brings the credibility, brings the thought leadership and increases the new customer acquisition. Right, no, that, that's, that's spot on. And did you notice anything that you weren't expecting going through COVID from look, because like to your point, there's, there was more data being brought in going through COVID since everyone started working from home, everyone was on their phone more, everyone was on their TVs more. So was there anything that you, that stood out to you that you saw that maybe surprised you while going back through some of the information or restructuring of? Um, it surprised me the short lived that um, traditional broadcast had. It seemed like, to your point, people were, were congregating at their house, were working from home, homeschooling. So at first, there was a, a drastic increase of the consumption of traditional broadcasts. People were watching their ABCs, watching their NBCs, and that was short-lived. 
I expected that grow of consumption to continue. So then it just flipped and went back to the digital platforms. So there was, a, um, I want to say, an immediate decrease of digital consumption almost to the date that we started to live this new life. And then soon after, it came back and leveled um, to, the, to the stages that it was before. Wow. No, that, that's phenomenal. Well, Sylvia, thank you so much for your time today. This was very insightful, and I definitely learned a lot, and I hope our viewers um, gained a lot as well. Uh, so thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Kyle, for your time as well.